Hello, hello. This is Elisa Giudice, your host for today. And uh, my next guest, Hespest, is a very, very special one. Uh, his name is Stefano Tresca, uh, and uh, he's one of the leading experts in crypto fund and access asset tokenization. Um, you may have seen him on BBC and uh, in other TV appearances on TEDx and uh, as a speaker in other events as well. Uh, so, um, of course, if you are a member of the Impact Nation, I'm sure uh, you know him very well and you know that he's my partner and uh, we write the newsletter Impact in Tech together. Um, so uh, I knew exactly uh, what to ask to get all the nice secrets and, uh, uh, well, insights uh, about opportunities, trends, and all these facts that you usually don't see in the newspaper in, in the media. Uh, so welcome to Espal Summit. My pleasure, and thank you for the great introduction. <laughs> Well, um, let's start, let's start. So um, let's start from the beginning. Uh, how, how did you start? I've always been involved in tech and startups. I built my first e-commerce in the 90s. You can see I have white hairs. Uh, joined the startup immediately after that as employee number eight that eventually made an exit for $12.1 billion dollars. So in general, I had a lot of fun with startups before it was popular to join one. And these were all traditional startup, uh, if there is such a thing as a traditional startup, not impact projects. My involvement with impact in tech started during my years in Asia, 2006 and on. This is when I realized that my background in fintech, financial technology was a powerful asset to make an impact. You know. Fintech in the West is different. Europe, US, the West in general, with fintech, fintech can improve lives, but rarely change them. In the West, everybody has already a bank account. Everybody has already a credit card. Don't get me wrong. You can make a lot of money in fintech, and fintech startups are some of the richest startups out there. However, in the West, fintech is just improving what we already have from banks. And yes, traditional banks can be a pain and fintech startups can be cooler, can add some gamification to the app. They can make your life better, but not totally different. In emerging economies, Asia, Africa, South America, and in the last years in the West, um, because of the economic crisis that we are living in and it's growing and growing, fintech and now blockchain is the life changer. It can really change life. So among the poorest in emerging countries and the poorest one in, in our economy, 2 billion people don't have a bank account. Many people in the emerging economies don't have an ID card. As a consequence, they are completely marginalized from what we call a normal life. They cannot ask for a mortgage. They cannot ask for a loan to send their child to the best school. It's very hard to open a shop, definitely harder or impossible to sell online. So they don't have the opportunities that we have. In this environment, it's very hard to ask these communities to make sacrifices for the environment, for example. And the environment is the most popular impact investing goal in the West. 
but it's very hard to us sacrifice for the environment where uh, a family doesn't have the basics to live the good life that we give for granted. There is however one thing that uh, these people have that everybody has, even in emerging economies, and this is a smartphone. So fintech, financial technology, paying with a mobile, paying with a text message, uh, being identified through the blockchain, so no need for an ID, you can open a bank account for free on a crypto wallet, is not just improving the life of these people, fintech and blockchain are completely changing the life of these people and giving them opportunities. So once these communities reach financial inclusion, they will naturally move into protecting the environment, fighting against food waste, and all the areas that we usually associate with impact investing in the West. Until we have a financial inclusion, it's very hard to push for ESG, and ESG are the sustainability goals, so basically what make an impact. So while I was working in Asia, that was the moment where I get excited about financial inclusion and making an impact through fintech. And once you're involved and start meeting startups, stakeholders, investors, for financial inclusion, you start learning about impact investing in general. And so at the very end, impact investing is a small community, was a small community, it still is. And so eventually you get experience about a bit of everything and start enjoying other areas that are not financial inclusion as well. Of course, I'm totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, uh, we discussed um, a little bit today about this uh, um, this topic in, in my presentation at the beginning. And uh, well, uh, as you well know, I'm um, well. I really believe that financial inclusion is the key to solve all the SDGs. So, um, of course, you you got a great point. And um, what about uh, blockchain and, and NFT and Web3? Because it's not just about fintech. There is a lot of more. And how you start to get involved in all these things and how, um, well, how they can make the difference in financial inclusion and in making all this impact that we talk about. So like all the best things in life, <laughs> I got involved by luck. So back in 2013, I was invited to be a funding member of Level 39, Europe's biggest fintech incubator. It's based in London. And uh, one day, the CEO of the incubator, Eric, showed up in the office, uh, giving out one or two cents of Bitcoin to each of us. And uh, we didn't know what Bitcoin was. We had no idea at all. Uh, and for him, this was the best way uh, to involve other people in what he had just discovered. By the way, at the time, one, two cents of Bitcoin was about 10 cents of dollar, probably. Today, two cents of Bitcoin are around $900. But, you know, that's Eric. He's an innovator, he's an evangelist, and uh, at, really at his heart. And so he found this, this completely weird way of involving other people in what it was the, the, a sort of new discovery for him as well. Initially, I thought that digital coin was quite a stupid idea. That's because I had an expertise in digital coin. I spent a few years doing regulation lobby, and I know that digital coin are usually shut down by financial authorities. 
but then, you know, I'm a curious person and everything that is used by clever people like Eric sounds interesting. So I had a deeper look and eventually went deep down into the rabbit hole of blockchain. And uh, clearly because it's decentralized, the financial authority cannot just stop it as they did with many digital coin uh, projects uh, from the past. And uh, so we end up having uh, a blockchain lab uh, conference project. And uh, in November, 2017, I was involved in one of the first tokenized funds. So today I'm basically 24 seven on crypto and all the amazing innovation that came out every month or sometimes every week or every day, because uh, this is where the innovation is now. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and um, well, let's talk about a little bit more uh, about this word because um i mean there is a lot of uh things that you read in the media uh there is a lot of talking around cryptos it's a fraud it's a ponzi scheme there is it's a scam uh so i mean there is a lot of this negative uh, publicity and information that you can get around. So what do you think uh, about that? What's your answer uh, to all these, uh, well, articles and, uh, and journalists that talk uh, so negative about uh, the, the crypto world? I will use a short real story to point out where we are with crypto. And this event happened some time ago, even before Satoshi created the first Bitcoin. In fact, it happened about seven years ago, 700 years ago, but it's very much connected to what's uh, happening today. You'll see why. And we're speaking about Marco Polo, the famous Italian explorer coming back from China with one of the greatest invention of its time, banknotes. China was quite more advanced at the time than Europe and they have already invented and used banknotes. So before the Chinese invented the modern concept of money, countries were using gold coins. Very hard to transport, they didn't allow for monetary policies. Uh, this may be not a bad thing uh, since what's happening now, but still banknotes became the standard for centuries and was the base of power for so many nations before credit card and of course now the blockchain are made uh, a bit the banknote obsolete. So what do you think was the reaction of the city council? We're speaking about Venice, a merchant empire of the time. Still, they burned a banknote worth hundreds of gold coin to prove that only a gold coin is real money, to prove that banknotes were a, a fraud, were a fad. At the time, Marco Polo's city, Venice, was a commercial superpower. Soon, they were not anymore. North Europe eventually started using banknotes. Sweden was the first place in Europe to issue a banknote. Today is a very wealthy country. And England started using banknotes, and they became the world's main superpower for many years at the time. So today, we are in a very similar situation. The same situation happened with the first credit card when the internet was introduced, when e-commerce was introduced, and now with the blockchain. Yes, there are some bad people out there, some scam, and uh, as usual, this is, this is a human thing. So let's go back to one of the latest one. 
e-commerce. Was it good to use e-commerce in the 90s? No, it was a horrible experience. I know I did one. But was it good to invest in Amazon in the 90s? Definitely yes. Well, not a financial advice, of course. But in tech, it doesn't matter how many people use the new invention. It matters how fast the number of users is growing. And uh, blockchain is growing faster than the internet and faster than the use of the mobile phone, even faster than e-commerce. And we are speaking about trillion dollar companies there, uh, e-commerce, of course, mobile phone and, and internet. So there is a way of saying that I learned working in China. If you can stop it, welcome. This is exactly where we are now. Well, I mean... Um... The, the growing right now, it's, uh, it's really crazy. And uh, well, I'm one of the uh, believer, of course, in, uh, in the blockchain technology and in all these uh, amazing possibility that, that we, are, uh, we are seeing right now. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, as you, well, as you uh, really know, you, you get the same uh, question all over the time that, that I get. Um, it's really about to understand uh, which the project, uh, which projects are good, which projects are bad. Uh, and um, I mean, we know we got a lot of uh, questions around this topic and um, around how to understand uh, what is the, the right way to go, the right project to go. Um, so would you, would you like maybe to share some example of crypto projects that uh, uh, work well and have an impact at the same time. Uh, so just to, to give the audience uh, a, more, a better understanding of what you can really do with blockchain, making an impact, and it's not a scam. <laughs> it's something good. So I can probably give example for the next two days straight, but yes, starting with one example sounds a good idea. And uh, during the COVID, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, one of those examples that really started during the COVID, making a huge impact for millions of people. During the COVID, young hospitality and manual workers lost their job all around the world. And it was a massive disaster for so many families worldwide because uh, they were you know, surviving, especially if they were poor, they were surviving uh, with uh, these extra salaries coming home. Um, price of food went up and they lost their job exactly the same moment, a very hard time. Now, one of the countries, the countries that managed this issue at best were mostly based in Southeast Asia, uh, Vietnam, Philippines. And that's because uh, the young workers learn how to play crypto games as a side job. There were some of them that were already doing it. Uh, basically, they were playing games, winning NFTs, so let's say digital items, to not go too much into a technicality, but digital items that you can use in the game, and then sell these digital items, uh, items to rich Europeans and Americans with more money and less time or less skills. The most famous company at the time is Axie Infinity. I guess it's Vietnamese. I guess they didn't thought at all about impact. They just want to do a funny game at the beginning. And uh, because they are based in Asia, they made the game open to every person with a smartphone with no need for a credit card, no need for a bank account, because they know clearly that in Asia, this is an issue. 
So a crypto wallet is free and uh, you just need a, a smartphone and you can open it in five seconds and everybody can have one and start playing the game. They originally, the idea was to just have, uh, let people have fun with the game, but eventually it becomes a job, a full-time job for so many people today. They end up having more impact than most of the impact projects out there. They literally saved lives uh, of a huge number of family that uh, lost their job. So if you think that this is a silly example that work only for you know, a small bunch of nerds or teenagers, just know that the sales volume inside Axie Infinity just in February this year reached $4 billion. So that's $4,000 million in one month. Uh, and that's just one of the companies and one of the games out there. The crypto cash flow of the company of Axie Infinity, the value of their utility token, is today, this week, around $440 million. We are speaking about a young company made in, in Vietnam, not in Silicon Valley, without uh, money from venture capital, but now they have probably, but not at the beginning. And there is an important concept to grasp here. This example can work only with the blockchain because a digital item, if it's on the blockchain, technical name NFT, non-fungible token, that you have maybe heard about them in, on the media, but if a digital item is on the blockchain and only if a digital item is on the blockchain, then it can be exchanged for money even outside the game, it can be used in other games, it cannot be faked. Even if the company X Infinity shut down this game because they don't like it anymore, it's too old, the digital item will live both as a collectibles and to be used in other games because it's not inside X Infinity, it's inside the blockchain that is public, open, and transparent. This is one of the secrets of Web3, the new internet of the blockchain. Well, it's not a secret, but for most, most media still don't grasp it. If you have heard about NFT stories these days in the media, you have probably heard them because someone took a picture of uh, a painting and put it online or uh, take a small uh, clip of a video of like a famous football player or basketball player and sold this picture or this video as a collectible. This is how NFT are perceived. All technology that is just a bit better, you can sell it online. But the difference with the blockchain is massive. It's like thinking, if you think that NFT are just collectible, if like thinking that the entire internet is just the old version of Yahoo. So if you're old enough to remember Yahoo, they start publishing online a list of shop places to go and so on. A sort of a small white page, but online. So there was no need for white page at one point. They, you can just check Yahoo online. Uh, and this is cool. Uh, Yahoo was eventually a very successful company at the time, although it's not anymore. It's dead now. But that was a small, small fraction of the real potential of the internet. Google search, Amazon, email, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you can think, you like it or not, this exists because of the internet. And it was very hard to think about Facebook or Google search when the internet was young because people just 
just, were just taking all technologies and moving it online, doing very static and boring website. So the secret of blockchain, NFT, and Web3 is portability. Because the blockchain is public, open, decentralized, a digital item is alive, even if the company that built it at the beginning died. In gaming, it's easier to understand, but it's true in every aspect of our life. So portability. Portability is the key, an example, uh, back to gaming. Imagine playing a fantasy game online and win the, winning the famous word Excalibur, a unique item. You have it, nobody else have it on the game. It's a super powerful sword. There are no other items identical out there. With portability, you can bring your digital item in other game. You can join the online game or virtual game of Lord of the Rings and bring Excalibur and become one of the strongest player. Or you can put Excalibur on an action to the best bidder. Now, can you imagine a rich Western middle-aged man that play games on the weekend? become a famous hero in Lord of the Rings or in Dune or everywhere he wants, because now he has this super powerful sword, how do you think the bid will go? You can make a fortune. So killing dragon is today a real job. And you just need a smartphone and your skill. This is going to make an impact more than so many funds or projects that were born to make an impact. So no need for that this credit card, no need to be from a rich family or having a fat salary, you don't need to pay a subscription every month that may be super expensive in some countries to play an online game. You just open your wallet on your mobile and start playing. And because you make money with this game, it's worth. You can do it as a job. So blockchain game made more for the ESG goal, especially the one of financial inclusion and education and so on, that most of the ESG projects out there. Wow, that's great. <laughs> I think this is, um, again, a great example, um, especially regarding this huge, huge topic about how to invest in impact, how to understand impact, uh, uh, which how to, how, uh, well, you can un understand which company is really making impact and which is not. And of course, this is going to open a, a, a lot of discussion <laughs> in many, many ways. Um, but um, the takeaway, it's probably one of the takeaways because there was so many insight here. Uh, but one of the takeaways could be really about, um, well, look at the project in their total and not just, um, well, uh, look at the marketing on paper, uh, the greenwash that a lot of companies uh, are doing about impact uh, and maybe they're, well, making a lot less impact that uh, this game company that, um, well, he, he didn't know that they're doing <laughs> something so amazing uh, in the reality for many people in creating new jobs, uh, basically a new category of jobs. <laughs> I think it's um, 
it's really great. And um, and then again, uh, well, I will probably need to ask 10,000 questions on just on your last <laughs> few words, <laughs> but we don't have that time, not today. Uh, and um, of course, I'll be happy to, well, to investigate uh, a lot of, uh, of these topics if um, our audience have some preference uh, about that. Uh, they can write in our chat and we can have, um, well, a nice conversation later on or uh, a new uh, post in our newsletter, Impact Investing in Tech. Uh, but again, for today, uh, we need to stay, stay on track. <laughs> And well, um, the last, uh, well, not, not the last, but uh, well, the next question, uh, it's really uh, connected with uh, the game market. Um, I mean, blockchain um, has probably a lot of possibility. Um, this is uh, absolutely a fun market, games. Uh, but what about the serious market? Um, I don't know, banking, insurance, and all these, uh, uh, these, this area. How well, how blockchain is making an impact there? You mean the boring market, basically? If blockchain yes. can make an impact for <laughs> nerds and teenagers in in the in the nice, in the funny market of what's going on with the with the the serious markets, the serious the market, market, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I mean, I love the fun market, used... of course, but <laughs> still, so we the have the boring one as well. The same technology can be used everywhere and as an impact everywhere. And you're asking about an example in a boring industry such as insurance, so challenge accepted. Um, and it's still going to be cool and not boring because of the blockchain, I promise. But, uh, you know, the market is insurance now, it's not gaming. Let, let's do an example here. So let's think about one impact target, small farmers in rural areas, for example, of an emerging economy, for example, in rural Malaysia or rural India. Life is really hard, a flood or another bad natural event can damage your farm. The result is not just losing money, the result may be dead for starvation. So it's quite serious. The solution, well, a cheap insurance but it's almost impossible to get insured if you are a small farmer in rural India or rural Malaysia. Insurance are probably not present in your area. You probably don't have the requirement, the credit history. Sometimes you don't even have an ID card. So that is more common than you think, by the way. Also, insurance are very expensive because the cost of bureaucracy is really high and they have to pay middlemen. And have you heard of insurance that always pays what is due? Uh, maybe some, but definitely they have a better reputation. So insurance takes the money in time, every time when you have to pay them, they're not so happy to pay their word. Now, uh, I've worked with insurance companies, so I apologize if you're working there. I don't want to offend you, but you know, this is this is the this is the reputation that uh, uh, we have and insurance have. And some of the facts are not just repetition. There is a cost for the insurance. You don't want to open in a, in a tiny middle of the nowhere or nowhere area in India. So if you have one of the 
biggest and most important industry in the world, insurance, with a huge number of issues, the one we made the list, we just made the list. That means that this industry is really for disruption. So we have uh, an industry insurance that is really big, is really rich, but it cannot provide uh, their service to a huge chunk of people that are farmers or small farmers all around the world, especially in rural areas. When this happens, this is where startup makes money. So traditional company, rich, big, having problems. Here it comes a startup. In our case, Arbol, an insurance startup. That's, guess how? They solve the insurance problem with the blockchain. Arbol use coins and technology from Chainlink, a blockchain for hardware, let's call it this way, to provide insurance to farmers. And Chainlink allow hardwares to speak with the blockchain. An example of these hardwares, hardware, weather satellites. Now, if there is a flood in a rural area of Malaysia, definitely the satellites are going to catch it. If there is no flood, the satellites cannot be corrupted. Inspector can, the blockchain is incorruptible. So the volume and the moment that there is a flood in a rural area in India, for example, the satellites send a message that is catched by Chainlink to a smart contract of the startup. And this smart contract basically manage a big wallet of insurance fee. When farmers pay the insurance, they go in a big pot. When a flood happens, the smart contract immediately and automatically pays the, the insured farmers because they know there was a flood. No need for a bank account. Every part, everything can be paid into the farmer's crypto wallet and it's free. And again, the, the farmer doesn't need a credit check. They just need a smartphone that they already have. The farmers on the land pay the insurance premium. If anything happens, they get the payment, the reward from the insurance. It's that easy. A small startup like Carbol with a very small team can offer insurance all around the world. In fact, they offer insurance on the other side of the world where they have no team or a very small team to some of the most marginalized people, rural farmers in emerging economies. That are millions and millions and they cannot live uh, you know, a good life as that we give for granted. And, uh, and Arbol can do this with a super small team, no middlemen basically, because everything is managed at almost no cost by the blockchain and smart contracts. They even cannot refuse a payment because the blockchain will pay automatically even if they don't want. Even if the CEO of Arbol go crazy, Sorry, guys, that's just an example, and want to buy a Ferrari. They can't because the blockchain is transparent and because everything ha happened by automation. So in this way, this is also good for the insurance because it's much easier to acquire a customer if they know that the insurance will pay and they cannot steal their money. And that's, I think, a really good, exciting, cool, boring example. Absolutely. That was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Stefano. That, that was another great example. Absolutely. So um, 
Well, one of the takeaway is basically that we have a fun market games and a boy market the insurance. <laughs> uh, well, but what about the investors and and fund managers? Um, how can they build an impact fund and raise money? Um, so how we can do that uh, in uh, uh, well in this area? Well, first of all, yes, they can. So they can use the blockchain to uh, to raise money and to build funds. In fact, many investors and fund managers uh, already did. And usually it's very successful because the costs are down and so on. Want an example? Well, the best example here is probably a project with a funny name, Flamingo Dao, as in the pink bird. And uh, this is a great example of both fundraising and asset management on the blockchain. Flamingo Dow, just to give you an idea, reached uh, $1 billion uh, asset under management in a matter of years. And they started from nothing. In fact, their founder is a professor. He didn't have his own fund to start or his family money to start, just start the project. And uh, every, even better, everybody can do it. Maybe not as good as Flamingo Dow, or maybe better, but it's definitely not expensive uh, and doesn't require months of software development because again, the blockchain is open and almost all the technology is free and is already there. You just have to tweak and personalize it a bit. So probably if you like the idea next week, you can launch your fund or next month if you're more cautious and you really don't have the contacts or the community around you. Now, the founder of Flamingo Dao sent a very simple message back in the days a few years ago. Let's make an investment fund for NFT and let's do it together. You send crypto on inside these big wallets and we are going to use all together the wallets to buy art, specifically digital art, NFT art on the blockchain. And uh, um, if the entire fund is, let's say, 100 million and you send $10,000 or $1,000, you just have a fraction of the fund. So the rules are really clear. You send 1% of the fund, you have 1% of the revenue and 1% of the asset of the fund. Besides a small commission that stay, of course, with the founder. Everything is really transparent because it's a blockchain. Uh, if they buy some art, the art is recorded on the blockchain. So you know that the fund bought that art. They cannot steal it. The founder cannot steal the money or refuse to pay dividends because everything, again, is automatic. That means that the founder doesn't need a big bureaucratic team to manage everything. So fund is really cheap. It can, in fact, ask for a bigger commission that they usually the usual fund manager, and still the investor will pay a smaller price to the fund. And everybody in the world can participate because everybody with a mobile can send money there. Uh, the fund is organized as a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization. I will not go there, but usually they solve a lot of the issue, not all the issue, but a lot of the issue of the security token. Basically, Regulators in most countries of the world, not all the country, are happy if you do the fund in this way. And you can do it. You don't require uh, a huge expense of lawyers and so on. At the end of this short campaign, Flamingo Dao ended, ended up with $150 million. 
So they raised $150 million, mostly from a stranger. They just liked the idea and they were open to send the money because the transparency of the blockchain. So their capacity to control what was going on with the fund. There is something even more shocking. Flamingo Dow made some very good choice in what they bought. And now the $150 million invested are $1 billion. So a return of investment of almost 700% and growing every month. And the project was started by Professor Aaron White, a well-respected academic. Side note, do your homework when you invest in one of these internet or blockchain projects. At least check that the team is honest and real. Um, you will be surprised about where people put the money and how the scammers are smart. So do your own due diligence and you will already succeed 90, 99% of the time. And uh, by the way, Flamingo Dow is one of example of the kind of projects we do as a company, as a consulting and supporting advising company. We build crypto funds. Some are more traditional funds that invest in crypto. Flamingo is a DAO, so a fund completely created and managed inside the blockchain. And it's a bit more complex to do. You need someone to help you probably, but the potential is clearly incredible. The first tokenized fund that I had the chance to deal with in 2017, uh, so ages ago in, in, in the history of crypto, uh, five years ago is a lot, its entire bureaucracy is still today managed by a part-time virtual assistant. And the funds, of course, has a couple of analysts deciding what to buy, but the entire bureaucracy is managed basically by the smart contract in automatic at no cost. So... If you want to build your impact fund using the blockchain, you can go to the investor and uh, uh, even if you don't have um, uh, an, an incredible track of records, you can say, well, you know, um, let's say that I reached normal performance. You, as an investor, you still get a better return of investment than all my competitor because even if I achieve normal performance, the costs are so small that I'm able to pay you, investor, more. By the way, I cannot steal your money. It's everything is transparent. And yes, not everybody knows how to check the blockchain, although it's like the internet. The more time will pass, the more this will become mainstream and this will become easy and uh, with tools that everybody will have on their mobile. But even if... Uh, 99 investors don't know how to check the blockchain. There always be that one investor with a smart 15-year-old nephew that know how to do it. And if the funds start doing something fishy, they will just inform all the other investors. It took, you know, the SEC 15 years to catch Madoff that were used to manage a normal fund. Uh, in VC investing, you need to wait seven plus one, plus one, usually years, to see if your investment was good or not. You don't know until the end if you have made money or not. In the blockchain, you do. So to wrap up, no cost of bureaucracy, everything is faster and automatic, and also everything is liquid. Because you can sell your token, representing a fraction of the crypto fund, without waiting for the end of the fund nine years later or without 
the need to being listed on a stock exchange. You need money at one point, let's say you have invested $10,000 in Flamingo Dow. Now your money are $70,000, seven times actually, about 67,000 at the moment will be. And you take 10,000 that you have invested back, you take another 10,000 and you sell it because I don't know, you have an emergency, you have a medical expense, uh, your, you want to do, to do a gift for your child because he just got married or for your dad because he's in financial trouble or he just the 25 years of marriage with his wife. Whatever you need money, you just take some of these token that are on the blockchain, so transparent, and go online and sell to someone else. You don't need an exchange. You don't need anything. In fact, everything, again, works uh, in uh, uh, completely open on the blockchain. There are some requirements for some funds in some jurisdiction, but most of the DAOs, uh, crypto funds, basically has more freedom than traditional fund to raise money from investors and uh, just start using that money. So wrap up. If you don't have the patience to read a tons of article or listen again to this interview and taking notes, here is the trick. Go to Google and have a look to these three plus one projects. Axe Infinity, to see what's going on in gaming in crypto. Arbor, that we talk about, to see what's going on in boring markets like insurance. Flamingo DAO, to see what's going on in fund and portfolio management. And if you're really curious about portability, moving an item around different games and different environments, watch Japanese anime, Sword Art Online, you will be more informed about what's going on of 90% of the people out there and probably many self-call experts and media journalists. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Stefano. Thank you very much. Uh, again, a lot of insight, a lot of information. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, again, I have so many questions, but we don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> to go uh, with the like other 10,000 questions again. Um, but um, uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, well, most of our, uh, well, we have uh, more than 800 delegates registered today. So uh, most of them uh, are going to have a lot of more questions for you as well. Uh, so um, what about how to, um, well, how to reach you and uh, um, how well how they uh, they can um, well understand a bit more uh, in case I don't know they want to start an impact fund on the blockchain raise money uh, and so on uh, so um, how they can reach you <laughs> the easiest way and the best fastest way is probably to contact me in person go on stefanotresca.com, that's my name, surname.com, and send me a message through the contact form. I'll be happy to answer any question and quick question on the blockchain. If the question is not so quick and simple, I will probably forward your message to my business email that I share with my team, and uh, we'll see what we can do from there. Okay, thank you very much, Stefano. Um, and uh, again, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for being here. And uh, well, uh, let's talk soon. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Pleasure. Bye-bye.
Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, go to newsletter.impactintech.org and subscribe to our updates and videos. Spread the voice of Impact in Tech. Be part of the community. Let's make an impact together every day as we build up the Impact Nation. Mm-hmm.